Well, I'm really uh, delighted to say that joining uh, me on the Godcast today is Simon Calder. Now, Simon is a very well-known and respected travel writer and broadcaster. And um, in 2012, Simon won the Outstanding Achievement and Broadcast Journalist of the Year at the 2012 Travel Press Awards. Many people will know Simon from uh, being uh, on television, a uh, frequent uh, journalist on uh, Good Morning uh, Britain and uh, Breakfast TV, numerous programmes. Simon, it's a real joy to welcome you to the Godcast. How are you today? Well, Alex, look, I'm really fine and um, thank you and uh, very nice to uh, talk to everybody, but I know that you're not at the peak of your your, your um, uh, fitness and I'm really sorry about that. Well, it's uh, it's just one of those things and uh, self-isolating at the moment, but um, hopefully on the way to recovery. Where, where, in the, where are you walking, Simon? That looks a nice spot. Where are you? Oh, well, thank you. I'm uh, just in uh, Hyde Park at the moment. I'm um, uh, trying to uh, do two hours of walking a day. It's my New Year's resolution. And look, here we are, um, nearly halfway through January, and um, I'm, I'm uh, sticking to it. So uh, uh, clearly only going uh, in terms of travel as far as I can get from my house on two feet, which, uh, which is keeping me um, uh, rather, rather closer to home than um, I, would, uh, I would normally be. Okay. Well, let's get down to some, let's get down to some discussion, Simon. I was, I was interested when I was reading through your bio that uh, I spotted this interesting story about one of your first travels was your parents uh, removing you from the Gatwick area, uh, area of uh, London. What, tell, tell, tell our listeners why that was. Well, um, so here's, here's the uh, uh, situation. Um, I was born um, in a house a uh, couple of miles south at the uh, runway at Gatwick Airport, and it's always actually been quite a big part of my life. And as you can imagine, growing up somewhere like that, you tend to work at the airport. Anyway, um, I think I was six, and the um, Cuban Missile Crisis uh, um, started. This was when the Soviet Union decided that it was going to ship nuclear missiles to... Um, Cuba, uh, from where, well, Miami would be about, um, if you're an intercontinental ballistic missile, we don't really need to be very intercontinental. It's just, it's just across the uh, Florida state. So, um, therefore, uh, the world got closer to nuclear conflagration than it has ever been before. And my parents um, realised that probably somewhere in Moscow there was a, a map with, um, with Crawley and Gatwick on it, and they were probably going to um, knock out uh, Gatwick so that it can be used for bombing raids and so therefore it's um uh, yeah we, we were suddenly having growing up in a kind of quite a um uh low budget household we suddenly found ourselves on a plane to um uh Guernsey in the Channel Islands it was the most exciting moment of my life and um I was uh, absolutely thrilled to go there the idea of going on an airplane uh, was astonishing. Not something I repeated for many um, years after that, but uh, it was it was great, and of course, just opens your eyes to the world. Mm. I, I was going to. You kind of um, answered my next question. I was going to say, were you quite well travelled as a as a young boy? But uh, clearly okay. weren't. So where, where were your locate? Where did you go on holiday as a boy? Then, if you didn't get on an aeroplane too often. Well, we didn't have a car either, so therefore, right. where, wherever you get to by train, so the Isle of Wight, where you, know, you could get the train down to Portsmouth and then a, then a ferry over from there, uh, Dorset, um, I think the, uh, the Norfolk Broads one year. But then it all changed when I was 
12 and I've realised that you could hitchhike. Um, and uh, gosh, given your um, uh, line, of, line of business, um, I think it is marvellous that hitchhiking for about five decades has um, uh, continued to prove that there are great people in the world who will um, bestow the kindness of strangers upon you. And um, that furthermore, it's an extremely good way of meeting lots of people you wouldn't normally encounter for sharing experiences, for, for just getting to know a whole whole new um, range of people. It's a very, very human thing to do. Mm. Now, I know that lots of your listeners will be thinking, he's an idiot, or I wouldn't do that, or I'm female. Um, it's all right for him, male privilege again. And I absolutely uh, accept all those views. But for me, it's sort of worked out very well. Um, I haven't done much hitching in 2020. I've not hitched at all all year because clearly uh, it is not uh, uh, appropriate or, uh, or well, you simply wouldn't do it at the moment. Um, the last really good bit of hitching was um, in Greece where I was getting lifts in the back of pickup trucks where clearly that's COVID safe because the driver's in his cab and you're in the back of his, his pickup truck. But uh, hitchhiking has sort of looked after me for uh, all this time and um, it's, uh, I, I think there's probably a technological way in which some sort of form of hitchhiking, which is regarded as, as secure, will, um, will be set up mm. in time. And I hope that, uh, that people will kind of take advantage of it because nothing like a long journey to, um, to, to get to know someone. It's quite, it's quite interesting, really, because... You know, I, I, I like to travel, but I'm always a little bit anxious of traveling. And, and I suppose my big adventure last year was uh, we, I went to the Holy Land and um, lots of people were, fear, were filling me full of fear and trepidation about things to look at. Really? But, but actually, when I was there, the reality was I felt uh, perfectly safe. But I think, I suppose, if you're well-traveled, um, that breeds confidence. Would you, would you agree? Uh, well, look, it does a couple of things. First of all, I'm still... Very, very trepidatious. I, um, I'm apprehensive about um, anywhere I've not been to before. So, for example, uh, when you were in the Holy Land, um, I was uh, going to Saudi Arabia for the first time. Now, clearly, Saudi Arabia has an awful lot of um, issues in terms of human rights um, and the treatment of women and many, many, many other uh, issues. Um, but I found it um, very, uh, uh, very friendly, very welcoming. Um, hitchhiking, very good, by the way. Um, and I was, I had the great fortune, on a couple of occasions, um, to be at the, the the top of the Red Sea. Now that's that's an interesting location, I think, because you've got within, if, if you had a car and there weren't any borders, you'd be able to get from Saudi Arabia to Egypt in about twenty minutes. Um, you've got Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Israel, and Egypt all converging on this one, one point. And um, uh, fortunately, given the, the potential for, for some kind of, um, uh, for, for, for many, many conflicts to arise, given the history of that region, it's actually pretty safe. So I, um, I, yeah, I, I've been traveling there fairly fluidly, but mm. of course, it's a wonderful part of the world both Israel and the, the Arab countries and uh, amazingly hospitable and friendly. And I'm glad that you found the safe. Yeah. Simon, just, um, 
you know, talking on, on the Middle East and, and, and I don't know your uh, religious background, if there's one at all, but um, on your travels, are there, can you recall some of the religious places that you've visited that have oh. left their mark on you, you know, forever and eternity? Ah, uh, yes, I absolutely can. What a nice question. I, I need to point out that um, I was um, brought up an atheist by, by atheist uh, uh, parents and I, I have not... Uh, not changed that stance, although clearly I um, have the greatest respect for um, uh, people's beliefs. Um, and yeah, I can remember it absolutely clearly. Uh, it was um, Granada in Spain. And uh, there I was at, uh, I, I'm not sure if you visited that wonderful Spanish city. Um, it's in Andalusia in the south, but it's mm -hmm. up in the, uh, up in the mountains. And it was a really important Moorish centre um, uh, during the um, kind of occupation by North Africa of Spain. And they created what I think is uh, perhaps the most glorious palace anywhere, um, uh, high on the hill overlooking um, Granada. And I was looking up at it and thinking that is an extraordinary complex, clearly uh, full of... Uh, uh, religious spaces as well and in a part of Spain and I think this is sort of important where religion has been absolutely at the heart of everything and yet you've got for example in um, Cordoba the the cathedral is uh, has basically been a, a repurposed mosque and you, you've got this uh, this remarkable structure and, and as well as that, of course, add to that the fact that um, uh, the um, that there were very strong Jewish com communities in Spain until they were they were chased out um, in the end of the fifteenth century. So lots and lots happening. But religion is absolutely for somebody who's not a a, a religious person, it's absolutely central to the tourism experience, pretty mm. much wherever you are. Yeah. Um, uh, I suppose the, the exceptions would be, uh, well, Cuba used to be very uh, um, anti anti spiritual, and uh, um, and I guess North Korea would be about the last one. Albania too, but um, but clearly now that the, the, there is more uh, democracy, more openness, it's uh, yeah. Uh, everywhere you go, you know, what's the big attraction? In many mm. cases, it's the it's the cathedral. It's uh, and, and, um, and, yeah. and that being the case, there's never, has there ever been sites um, that have actually made you actually contemplate your position as an atheist or, or is it just oh, completely? Well, look, 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 I'm, I'm, a, I'm a humanist, I would say. I, I have immense faith in humanity, even in dark and difficult times. Uh, and I look, I, I, I look at, um, let's, let's take somewhere which a lot of listeners will have been to, Palma in uh, Mallorca, this uh, glorious city, with uh, just a, 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 a miracle of a, a cathedral um, that uh, kind of transcends any, any kind of um, barrier. Everybody is going to think that this is a marvellous uh, creation. And I, I, I think... I think deeply about you know, what the motivation of uh, people in, in, in this country, in the UK, in building these astonishingly uh, beautiful 
uh, houses of God, um, it, even at times when, when when life was really tough, really really difficult for everybody, there was a sense of uh, we wish to um, create this for the for the glory of God. So yeah, yeah I'm uh, I'm very impressed with faith. That's good to hear. That's good to hear, Simon. What can you can you can you recall your first solo trip with, uh, where you were allowed the freedom to just wander off on your own? Uh, that you know, where, where was that? Where did you go? Oh well, I, I mostly sort of travel with um, with with pals because that's uh, that tends to be how you do it. And that, that's another really interesting question. Alex. Uh, traveling alone is is you know, you 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 you're just tend as a teenager to to travel with other people and i i'm the reason i'm hesitating here is because it's simply never uh, i've never kind of thought about it and i suppose yeah i suppose I, it would be kind of hitchhiking trips through the uk on my own mm. um but as to the first time i went abroad on my own as opposed to with friends i just don't know when was yours Oh, now you've got me thinking. Um, probably was um, a trip to up to the lakes when I was studying ah, to okay. be a priest. Uh, like you say, ah. I, I usually trouble with friends and family, and I think it was probably up to the Lake District to to, to study for a few days. But um, okay, yeah. Simon, you you um, when when you when I was uh, briefly looking at your bio, um, and you obviously you've obviously enjoyed traveling but 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 in terms of it as a career i i wonder i noticed that one of your first jobs was a cleaner at gatwick airport uh, and i was yes. wondering if you used to daydream and just and um, take yourself to the destinations on the departure board <laughs> and, and what it what was it that you actually what was the thing that that made you think actually i'd like to make a career of this Ah, no, nothing, nothing. Um, I, I knew that I would never be able to get, for example, to America. Um, because that would just be way too... Um, sorry, I'm now at Hyde Park Corner and things are getting a bit noisy. Uh, they, they will quieten down soon. Um, yeah, I was cleaning out the Freddie Laker Skytrain and thinking, well, you know, clearly I, I could do the, do the sums. I would need to work for a year to get a one-way ticket or something. Now, of course, um, we well, until the coronavirus era, we were living in a time where at the national minimum wage, you could earn enough in eight days to fly to Australia and back. And mm. I, I celebrate that democratization of travel. Um, it's, uh, and I, I, you know, it's become gradually, gradually clearer that um, we're able to do that. But look, I, um, you're, you're a young man. But let me take you back to the uh, the 1970s and 80s when you didn't really have, I mean, certainly didn't have low cost airlines in Europe. And if you wanted to go to Spain or Italy or Greece, um, there wasn't really much choice but to hitchhike. And so I was, um, uh, I got involved in writing hitchhiking guides. Um, and that was, you know, it, it earned a little bit of money because there was still an appetite for hitchhiking then. And it was really just kind of fueling my um, my travel habit. I worked as an engineer for fifteen years um, in order to. Uh, yeah, I greatly enjoyed the job, but um, it's mostly to do with travel. And then, unbelievably, in one of those things where you just think, "How did that ever happen?" Um, I, I was 
contributing to the independent newspaper and suddenly their travel correspondent left. And um, it must be just at the time when you could just, when you could kind of hire and fire without great long human uh, resources palavers. And they just said, oh, you're on his job. And I said, all right then. And um, that was that. So uh, it was it was all a bit of a, uh, yes, it was extraordinary, completely the opposite, if I may, of you training for the priesthood, which mm. of course is a very specific, very uh, well managed and, and um, uh, very carefully thought through um, career progression, if I can call it that. Mm. When you, when you, um, I remember as a, you just took me back to my childhood then, the only child, the only kind of travel kind of memoirs or things I recall was Judith Chalmers on um, <laughs> here and yeah. she'd take you off to some, some part of Spain yeah. and, and then the prices, I was thinking, well, we, we could never afford to go there. We, that yeah. would never be in our kind of domain. Um, I, I wonder, Simon, if people know you're coming, um, do, uh, do you ever get buttered up on a trip? I, I kind of recall a Top Gear show once where uh, the journos were coming to look at, I don't know whether it was the late, latest Vauxhall, Vauxhall course yeah. or whatever, and, you know, all the best sandwiches and buffet was laid on. Do, do you ever get that, or do you are you very much undercover when you're travelling? Oh, look, I, I, I make exactly no special... Um, uh, you know, I, I don't ask for anything. I, I pay for everything myself, which is a bit different from, from most uh, parts of the travel industry but um no i sometimes i get recognized and um normally get put in the seat down at the back by the loose um <laughs> if somebody's checking but uh, uh but it is good and i do uh, it sounds a bit pious if i may borrow a, uh, a a religious term um you know to say oh i don't take three trips i'm holier than thou i don't mean that at all there's great people who are making um free trips but i'll tell you what if you do pay for everything, if you get the same, sadly, occasionally rubbish service as normal people get, then that gives you plenty to write and think about. So uh, I'm, I'm very, very happy yeah. to, uh, to do that. But yes, I mean, it's, it's just been a miracle how it is now possible to travel to uh, great parts of the world and see people. And of course, that makes it all the sadder that while you're sitting in Burnley and uh, self-isolating and feeling poorly but um hundreds of thousands of great people in the uk tens of millions of people worldwide whose livelihoods depend on travel yeah. simply don't know what the future will bring no and and you know you just kind of nicely led me into my, my next question really is that um I, i'm not particularly well traveled but i do find myself you know turkey is one of my favorite destinations ah. I, do, I do find myself worrying about these little places and these little villages that you know, I know they're so reliant on the tourism industry, and, and I suppose you, you you have those same concerns and worries yourself, do you? Well, it goes right across everything. So, I mean, to, to some extent, I think uh, we needed to have some kind of correction. 2019 was probably peak travel, um, where you and I, you know, not, not earning too much, but, but enough, could really think, well, you know, we can go anywhere. Um, people would fly off from Manchester Airport to places they couldn't spell or pronounce in Eastern Europe for the weekend just because it was only 20 quid. And I think we're, we're going to be more appreciative of the world and its wonders after this. Um, and I, I hope that, that, that uh, we will emerge stronger from this, but 
in the meantime, there are so many communities, as you say, which are suffering as a result of that. And I guess they are also refocusing and thinking, well, was it great to be dependent on, on Alex and Simon coming over here and spending money when that's sadly no longer assured? So mm. I, um, I very much hope that you will be back there soon, because clearly I, I see it you know, as a, a wonderful duty and privilege to be able to spend all the money I've not been able to spend this year next year oh, sorry last year um spend it this year on, on travel but mm. um i'm really interested do you mind me asking you a couple of questions no not at all Turkey, that's so interesting i mean clearly it's a uh well yeah a secular country but with a very strong islamic tradition so what's uh what's alex and burnley finding in in turkey uh well there's a bit of heritage there's a bit of personal heritage there my uh, great-grandfather oh. resided in istanbul but i, I oh, wow I, I really like the um, this the feeling of east meets east meets west. There, I think there is um, a joy to be found in um, you know as a Christian. I, I feel completely at home there, um, whilst right. um, staying in a hotel where the where they call it the, the early morning call to mosque is being heard. And um, yeah, I th it's um, it's a, I just find it a great tourism spot, but. Um, quite a spiritual place as well, and, and I've not yet visited Istanbul, but it is a, a city that I plan to visit as soon as possible. Yeah, well, it is, it is the most uh, exciting place in the world, arguably, after Burnley, obviously. Um, but um, uh, I would uh, suggest that you, uh, you, you explore it. But, uh, of course, one of the, the sad things which happened in 2020 was the... Um, forgive me, I've... I'm just sort of uh, trying to recall the story, but I believe the Hagia Sophia, uh, one of the great uh, yeah. uh, creations of Orthodox Christianity, has now been basically converted into a museum rather than uh, uh, or, or uh, an Islamic place of worship. And I think uh, respect for uh, other faiths is so important in these difficult times. But having said that, Istanbul. Yeah, um, uh, I, I would say one of the greatest places on the planet, although I've not been to all of Lancashire, so I can't be too <laughs> We'll come to Burnley in a second, Simon. What's your What's your best guess for travel then this summer? Would you, do you see people getting back in, uh, in aircraft over the summer months, or do you think it, it's going to be a long, long haul, for want of a better pun? Uh, well, it, it's, it's all going to be mostly short haul because um, there are several reasons. Um, uh, Thailand, Australia, New Zealand won't want, with the greatest respect, the likes of you and me for a while because they've done really well at looking after COVID. So it's going to be kind of well, Turkey, certainly, Greece, Italy, uh, Spain. We will be going there in, uh, I think, ample numbers once we're allowed to travel. And I, I hope it will be kind of by the Easter holidays. Um, oh gosh, wouldn't it be wonderful, particularly in the uh, extraordinary work that's going on with vaccination in Israel to get back there for, um, for Easter. Uh, that would be a marvellous thing which we can dream of. Um, there's going to be quite a lot of people though who will say, well, this all got out of hand as a result of international tourism and they will be right. Uh, we should be actually concentrating on staying at home, so therefore, I imagine, you know, just as it was in sometimes this year, the uh, Lake District was really, really busy. And 
it's, it's going to be a funny old year. We will, I hope, um, be able to kind of give back financially to people who desperately need work. And I hope we'll also be able to remake human connections. And I guess one of the distressing things about this um, whole crisis is the way that there has been, I guess, understandably, kind of suspicion of outsiders when, um, you know, and, and, and particularly the idea that you know, I might come to your part of the world and bring in uh, disease. And uh, while I can understand that sort of fundamental human fear, uh, tourism exists because it, uh, it connects people and um, helps them understand um, each other and the world better. And I'm, I'm all in favour of it. Yeah, and and you, you're confident that the uh, the airports, I mean, uh, I'm not too far away from Manchester Airport, the infrastructure that's been going on there has been extraordinary. You're, you're confident all these uh, places will pull through and, and um, we'll get back to normality in due course? Well, uh, it all depends what we're talking Yeah, I mean, we, we will do, I'm sorry, get back to normal. I mean, it was, uh, I think, um, the Friday before the August Bank holiday, 2019 was absolutely peak Manchester Airport, the busiest day ever in its history. Uh, it could well take you know, the rest of the uh, 2020s to get back to that sort of level. And a lot of people would say, well, environmentally, that's, uh, that, that's not bad. Um, I, yeah, we, we, will, we, will, I, we, we will, as with so many things, be looking at a kind of new normal um, and I think maybe the kind of, as it were, disposable trips to places that we just kind of went to on, the, on a whim might stop. And we will be much more focused on what we're going to do. So my increasingly long list of places I can't wait to get to. It's not going to be a quick matter of, oh, fantastic, I've got a cheap flight to Barcelona. I'm going to spend a couple of days there. Yeah. It's, well, Barcelona, wonderful place. Let's wrap it in with exploring more of the... Uh, uh, the hinterland of um, Catalonia and maybe going across the border into France and building proper journeys, which um, I, I think in the, uh, we haven't really talked about uh, uh, pilgrimages, but, but clearly um, the, the pilgrimage was the foundation of, of, of tourism. Um, mm. And the idea that you should create a kind of journey wherever that is, whatever it's meaning for you, I think hopefully will become more important rather yeah. than um, where's the cheapest beer in Europe, which, by the way, I think is in Bulgaria. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the place I've been to. Simon, is that the Buckingham Palace we can see in the background there? That's, uh, it, it is, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's, there we uh, are. That's a great Palace. shot there of Buckingham Palace. That's the first time I've uh, encountered an interview with uh, Her Majesty's residence in the background. Oh, Simon. well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Simon, it's been great talking to you. Just a, just a couple of final things. Um, Obviously, you briefly said there that, you know, about the lakes and um, the UK's tourist in industry probably did quite well last summer, didn't it? Uh, well, it, it, it didn't, it didn't. And um, there, there's a beautiful, uh, th th there we are just looking down across the um, uh, the, the lake here in, yeah. in uh, St. James's Park. Um, it didn't, it didn't. Yeah, there were, there were, if you had a holiday home, particularly a self-catering holiday home, self-contained in the lakes or in Cornwall or whatever, you were made last summer. Um, and yet it was a pretty, pretty thin summer for an awful lot of people. 
mm. um, in every sense. So, uh, yeah, we will get back and appreciate the UK more. I think there's going to be um, issues to do with Brexit that will, I think, uh, persuade us to stay in the UK. And that's great. Oh, my goodness. I, you know, I love seaside communities, but I know they're having a really, really tough time. I, yeah. uh, Morecambe, fantastic. They've got the, uh, uh, the Eden Project of yeah. the North coming their way which is going to be a wonderful um, opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, explore the UK, explore everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think um, there's so much to be found, and hopefully, uh, you know, a lot of your listeners will have found more about themselves, about uh, their faith, about their surroundings um, while we've been in these um, very difficult situations. Yeah. Great. Sam, it's been great talking to you. Thank, thanks for your time. It's been great following you on your journey uh, through London there this afternoon. Um, final question. Uh, you're a well-travelled man. Have you have you been to Burnley? Oh, yes, of course. Um, and look, <laughs> the most extraordinary thing is, of course, in this year of strangeness, that um, my team, Crawley Town, mm. has a theoretical possibility of meeting mighty Burnley <laughs> in the sixth, fifth, uh, sorry, the fifth round of the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, I will look forward to... Uh, I was going to say seeing you there. I, 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 I won't won't, um, won't be at uh, Turf Moor, but I will be um, uh, watching if that happy moment were to happen. You've got to beat Fulham and we've got to beat Bournemouth. Yeah. Well, uh, so I think actually you'll probably be meeting Bournemouth. It's good <laughs> to dream, as always. It was, it was great. And I've got some Leeds fans who I very much enjoyed rubbing the salt, uh, salt in the wound <laughs> at, at the weekend. So it was great fun. Simon, thanks ever so much for your time. Um, we send our Thank love you. down to, to London and um, all the best for this coming year. And we look forward Thank to seeing you, you on your travels very soon. Stay strong and um, yes, uh, keep the faith. <laughs>